You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 231. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 231. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. My love. <sighs> we did it. We made it. We made it. Oh my Isn't that gosh. Crazy? What We're an crazy epic people. adventure we have had. Crazy people. If you follow the pod, you know that we have taken pretty much the entire month of November, November and slightly into December now to get to North Carolina from California. We decided to make the move. We sold our house in August and it's been a couple of months of crazy planning and it's just unbelievable to be in our new home. I mean, it's our new state. Our new, our new state and our new town. That's right. Yeah, new We're city. currently hunting for a apartment a place to live yes yeah and we'll Could be a house i don't know maybe a house i we'll see what's we'll see what, what's out there what's available but we wanted to kind of rent a little bit before we decided yeah. to buy Smart thing our to do. our dream home which yeah. is what we're fixing to do and get ourselves set up with a legit joy junkie studios a real one a real live studio <laughs> so i have to give us a huge warm fuzzy why not Yay! Yeah. We deserve a warm fuzzy. We do. For doing this whole trip, still keeping my fucking business afloat while I did it, having podcasts, like all of the shit that we- Keeping all them pod people happy. And all of my amazing clients who were up for taking five weeks off, six weeks off. Yeah, right? I have just the most beautiful clients and students. I can't even. I can't even. But we have an awesome topic today all about vulnerability. Why? We tend to be so terrified of it, why it's so scary, why you have to have it, like why it's important, and where the hell to start. What do we even do about it? That's what we're going to discuss today. But why don't we start off on a lighter note and pass the mic to you for a minute for a segment we like to call... Would you rather... Well, on the whole grain of vulnerability, I thought this might be a good one. Ooh. Would you rather All right. have bad breath and bad BO for a day in public? Like, I'm talking about hobo breath. Wow. Right? Hobo breath. Hobo breath. Wow. Or Who's, hobo hobo BO. Who says hobo? Uh, apparently I do. You, apparently you do. Uh, yeah. Anyway, or walk around naked for a day in public. Oh, it's only one day. One day. Um, in public. Yikes, that's a really tough – I mean, I think I would – you have insecurity about your perception of your breath and your body odor? Or do you have a perception about your body? Like well, what's, I, right? I that's, feel that's what it really gets down to. pretty confident in my body. Like I'm – you know, you've always said like it's hard to keep clothes on or like I love yeah. to be naked. 
But I would also be concerned about getting tickets of like indecent exposure and <laughs> of course you would, you know, <laughs> like nudity in public. Like you're just you could get in legit trouble. You can have bad breath and BL, but don't get naked. Exactly. Yeah. Like you, I could for that day do my best to stay away from people with my bad breath and BO. Mm. But if you're naked, like anyone, anyone in any eyesight view of you would be able to see that you're naked and call the cops or do whatever. True. If I could just be at home by myself, of course I would pick naked. Of course, but that's why it's in public. I think, yeah, I think I would go for the bad breath and BO. What about you? Uh, you know, I'm pretty much naked all the time anyway. I think I'll just go naked. But you're huge. What's that like, have to do with anything? Well, because you're so, like, everybody would see you. They'd be like, look at that giant naked human. Yeah, I, I they'd get over it. You, <laughs> you're not concerned about the legal ramifications? No, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> oh, It's my not gosh. the angle I was taking. That's hilarious. With this. I'm always rather, concerned but... about the legal ramifications. <laughs> <laughs> You're a rule follower. I'm a rule breaker. That's, That's right. Just the way it goes. That's right. Well, I, I, I don't know though because then I think okay, being naked would be so liberating. Yeah, it would be so liberating. I would just be nervous to get in trouble. I always feel like yeah. that. Anyway. Well, I'm going naked. All right. So. He's he's gonna commando it, and <laughs> and I'm gonna go for the the bad breath and bo. We what about would love, you? we want to hear about what, hear what you, you would rather. Would so rather. come over to the Joy Junkie After Hours Club if you aren't familiar with this. This is an awesome freebie that I have for all podcast listeners. If you go to the joyjunkie.com/club, it'll redirect you right over to the Facebook group where I give additional content and trainings. We do Q&A videos, we do a free resource vault where you can get tons of freebies and other trainings and just an additional level of support and camaraderie and get your questions answered and have fun yeah. talking about. It's a fun group. Yeah. That's right. Mr. Smith hangs out in there. Every now and again, I jump in. We do some fun behind the scenes videos. You can see what, what our adventures look like and, and all of that stuff. So come hang out over there. And every Monday we talk about what we would rather. So find that thread and, and chime in and let us know. And I think – I think that's everything. I think we can jump into our conversation about vulnerability. You up for it? Can I be naked? Duh. All right, I'm in. Let's get vulnerable in this. Let's in the spe- open up the studio space. Yeah, we're going to ex- explore the studio space. Okay. Really explore the studio space this time. You got it, Bruce. I didn't mean it. Yeah. Explore the space. Okay. <laughs> so the deal with vulnerability, and, and I think that Brene Brown and her work with shame and vulnerability has brought it a little bit more to the forefront of our vernacular in the self-help community. So I think that those of you out there who are listening, it's probably something you've heard thrown around, whether you follow Brene's work or you've read about it. It's it's kind of a hot button talk, topic in personal development. But I think there's this huge problem with like, wh- what is ex- exactly does that mean? And being vulnerable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how do I do that? Like if I'm yeah. super guarded and I always have my walls up and I'm always afraid of getting hurt and I have a problem with trust, how do I just all of a sudden become vulnerable? And I really think there is a method to the madness. So I want to kind of share some of the payoff, the reason why I think it's really imperative that we embody this and the how, like 
what what how do I even start doing this right mm-hmm. so I think it definitely warrants talking about the messaging that we receive around vulnerability in our society and particularly for men and I think this is really exemplified in how we address emotions because typically if we are expressing emotion we're being vulnerable right any type of emotion we're expressing something that's riveting to our personal being at that moment whether it's sorrow whether it's anger whether it's excitement gratitude we're kind of showing all of our colors through our emotions but a lot of times especially for little boys, it's always like, don't cry, man up, be strong. But then the messaging that we show around emoting to women also is you can't cry in the workplace. You can't uh, be unbridled. You can't be too feminine if you want to get ahead in this man's world. And, in the, you know, you need to embody more masculine characteristics to be successful, you know, as an entrepreneur or in corporate America. I think in business for sure, yeah. In business for sure. But I also think we do a massive disservice to to men, period, by thinking that they're not even capable of tapping into that and then nurturing that as a society. Well, I think there's also a double standard of, I think it's people want men to be vulnerable, but then when they show it, you automatically judge them as weaker. Right. And right? and then that is, and so that's, that's why, why people build up those boundaries is because they I, feel like they're going to be viewed as weak or unstable or untrustworthy or something like that. You know, and, and that's all cyclical. That starts with being told that crying or vulnerability is equivalent to weakness. Right. Instead of what, what I think is that is courage. It is courageous and brave to show who you really are in a society that says you are not allowed to be that. So I'm going to actually put a link in the show notes. There was a video that I came across on oh, Facebook. I remember this. I thought about this. For, we were talking about this just now. And it's a, it's a, I believe it's a dojo or like martial like, arts studio. Yeah, it's a little karate studio. Mm-hmm. And it's where... They teach the boys how to be with their emotion and to talk through when they start crying, when they're upset, when they're angry, they start, they talk through it. Well, I, th- I don't think that's what it was. I think it was that he was punching boards and it was hurting his hand. Oh. And he's, he then used that as, it's oh, that's okay how it started. Cry. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. He was saying, it's okay for you to cry. Yes, that hurts. But you know what? You're going to still fight through. You're going to get through that board. That's right. Even though it's painful because that's how you become a, a stronger person. That's right. By getting through those. So, yeah, it's a great video. And the, the whole video is about encouraging young boys to feel what they feel. Yeah. That there's no problem with that despite our society that says there's no room for that. There's no room for that in business. There's no room for that on the playground. There's, you know, like we don't talk to our, even our children about experiencing what they're experiencing. I mean, think about if your child's anxious or scared, we tell them stop. Right. Like, don't be that. Instead of telling them like, okay, what is that? What's going on for you? What are right. your thoughts? What are you thinking about? Yeah. Because our that's where our resiliency comes from. So, Spoiler alert. He breaks the board and everybody applauds. 
<laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> um, so I really want to underline this, that we are products of what we've been conditioned. And a lot of times that has to do with your family of origin, with your academic upbringing, your society, workplace, all of those things. Ethnicity, all all that plays out. Yeah, that's very true. Depending on on your ethnicity, sometimes different cultures have strong feelings about emotions and vulnerability and strength and what equates weakness. So just take a moment to kind of examine, do you have a very deep-seated belief about what vulnerability means? So oftentimes we'll equate it to weakness, but I think for many of us in our adult life, we equate vulnerability with pain. If I am vulnerable, I will get hurt. And oftentimes that's a collection of evidence and memories of times when we were vulnerable and we were shamed or chastised for it, or perhaps we were vulnerable with a lover or a parent and we were severely scathed by that interaction. Right. So what we do psychologically is we take a tally and we go, oh, when I show who I really am, when I share emotions, when I really am transparent, I get hurt. Time to boundary up. So let me start stacking up these walls. Mm -hmm. And then we get to this crazy a problem in our adult life where we desire and crave intimacy, whether it's from our families, oftentimes from our spouses, our children, and our friendships. And we go, why can't I have these rich, deep, intimate connections? And it's because you have to be vulnerable in order to have that. Yeah. So this is something that I've always said very, very emphatically, is that the amount of intimacy you experience in your relationship is directly proportional to how vulnerable you are willing to be. That's period. Powerful, yeah. So if you're you're in a relationship and you think, I just want more intimacy, you know, I really want to connect to him or connect to her, but I'm not really, really willing to tell him that or share what's going on with me, or say how I feel, and you just have all these walls built up, and you expect that other person to magically be vulnerable with you, you're going to wait a fucking lifetime. You know, from a from a male perspective, or from a man's perspective, I think there's also a level of when you, you you're brought up to be a stable, grounded provider mm-hmm. for your family. Right. And when you show those kinds of emotions, it is misconstrued as instability or if they don't know where they're going with this, then where am I going or, you know, things like that. So there's a level of not wanting to show that there's emotion because they feel that they'll let down the Mm -hmm. people that depend on them if they do. Right. Well, I think that we see that a lot with women too in oh, sure. um yeah. in if if you have been branded the strong one right in your family, like maybe you're the person who always I'm this one in my family, I'm the one who orchestrates all family get-togethers. Go figure. You know, it's the 
even when I've tried to step out of that role, it tends to be where I, where I go. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I know for a lot of other people, they find that if they're hurting and they need the support of their family and they are the quote strong one. And in my coaching, I call this being branded, whether it's you are, you brand yourself or you step into that role you start living into it or you become really, really resentful of it. And so then it creates this really challenging obstacle for you where you go, but I can't be vulnerable. I'm the strong one. Yes. But I can't have a breakdown because I'm the one who always keeps it together. What on earth will happen to all these people who depend on me to keep it together? If I don't. But Mm -hmm. what we don't realize is that most of the time, those people are dying to support us back. We're just not letting them. That's true. That's exactly right. And that's my, that's the point I was trying to get to with what I was saying. I just wasn't being very articulate. No, I think it's great. I think, I think that's a really, really great point. So what I want you to understand as we go through this is that the trade-off for vulnerability, because nobody's going to just venture into something that they equate with pain or weakness. Nobody's going to be like, okay, let me just try vulnerability if it doesn't seem like there's any good result. So what I want you to understand is vulnerability is the path to intimacy, period. You cannot have intimacy of any kind with relationships, friendships, children, parents, anyone without vulnerability. It, they are absolutely equivalent to one another. And so if you are, you know, you've got a certain level of walls up, you experience that level of intimacy. So true. If you have higher walls up, you have that much of a surface relationship. It is just how it goes. So what I would love for you to do is to start dissecting what is your relationship to vulnerability. And if you're a journaler, this would be great for you to just say, how do, what is my gut instinct? How do I feel about that word vulnerable? And see if one of those really prevailing concepts of either it equates weakness or it equates pain. Those are two very common ones. See if that comes up or is there something else? Because if you are, and this is really for those of you who want rich relationships, who want a rich marriage, who want really kindred relationships with friendships or your children or your parents, you have to figure out what that obstacle is in your way. And usually it's some sort of belief around what vulnerability means in your world. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. get that pen to paper and just unpack that a little bit or have a vulnerable conversation with somebody you trust about vulnerability. You know what I mean? I mean, that can be a first step. It has to be somebody you trust. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit here in a second about how do we actually start? Like, what? what, what is that? Like, how do I just become vulnerable? If Especially if you're used to being guarded. You're yeah. used to having walls up. And I'm not going to ask you to all of a sudden start bawling your eyes out in front of every Tom, Dick, and Harry. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about if you want – those rich connections and those that intimacy with people in your life, then this is the piece that needs to shift. And that's up to you. Because there's this other thing that we do a lot, especially in intimate partnerships like marriage, is we think I'm gonna I'll meet them in that vulnerable place as soon as they do it first. Isn't that the truth? That's true with a lot of things. So in uh in psychology a lot of times they'll call it stonewalling, where you just keep 
you both keep your walls up completely and you expect the other person to start. And so you walk around like kind of at odds, like with these two walls built up and asking and demanding from that other person to be what you are not willing to be. It's wildly unfair. It's wildly unfair. And I'm actually going to put a link to the podcast that you and I, we did a two-part series on some of the components that, that have really contributed to our relationship that span nearly two decades. And one of the key things that we talk about in that is our ability to be really, truly vulnerable with each other. Yeah. And it is scary as all shit because, you know, we have said many times that the reason we love as richly and as deeply and we are hashtag relationship goals to you on Instagram <laughs> is the same reason that we could destroy each other in a heartbeat yeah. because we are in that deep. We are not guarded. We are not safe. So there's a huge element of risk there. You know what's ironic though is there's safety in that. Right. That's unsafe. exactly right. Being feeling of unsafe is actually safe because you know that you can bring things to somebody and they're not going to put up their wall against you or hit you back. You That's know? exactly right. Yeah. That is exactly <clears throat> right. So when you say things like Oh my gosh, I, you know, you guys are, cause we hear that a lot. I mean, I see that a lot, a lot, especially the traction we got from that particular, those two episodes. People were just like, Oh my God, I respect you guys. I want that. I really crave that. And I cannot underscore enough that you have to become vulnerable with that person, but it's imperative that it's the right person. Imperative. <clears throat> yeah, um, and that's, I'm gonna, that's very true. And we'll we'll get into that a little bit more. But if you're interested in those particular those two pods, um, I'll link in the show notes, which you can find at thejoyjunkie.com slash one seven two. And I think I failed to mention this is something that I work with my clients a lot on, and I do have right now. Did I already talk about that? I have a couple of spots available for one on one. No, I don't take a tremendous amount of one on one clients because I love group classes, so I I keep them very limited on. Because, I mean, that's time for money, right? It's like it's very time-consuming to work with a substantial amount of clients. But I do have a very systemized step-by-step process, 12-week kind of systemized program that I take people through where we look at this stuff. You know, the stuff like I was talking about earlier, your brand. You know, were you always the strong one? Are you the one who keeps everything together? Are you the the entrepreneurial one? Are you the whatever? And is it a brand that you like or is it a brand that you need to distance yourself from, you know, that pisses you off when people refer to you in that way? And I mean, that's just a small piece of the identity work that we that we do. But if you're listening to this stuff or you've listened to the pod and you go, my God, fear paralyzes me or I do have this deep-seated belief that I'm not enough, that I'm not good enough, then cruise over to thejoyjunkie.com slash coaching. That is my one-on-one page. You can read through all of my client experiences and just see if it's something that you vibe with. And and if you like, there's a, a spot at the bottom where we can book a consult and just kind of chat and see where you're at. Perfect. Perfect. So so let's get nice back. Nice plug, babe. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, uh, I don't talk about my one-on-one stuff very often. That's be- true. Because I don't mm-hmm. often have space. Right. Because I take such few of them each year. But uh, if... And it's very intimate. Like one of the things I love, you know, it's vulnerable. It's fucking vulnerable. But one of the things I love so much is that 
pretty much all of my clients one-on-one, we hang up the phone and we say, I love you. Like it is radically intimate, Yeah, you know, and it's, there's nothing. And that's why I have a coach myself who I also say, I love you too. And she says, I love you to me because I need that person in my corner. I need that time where I am safe, period. You know, speaking of safety and vulnerability. All right. So let's talk about, well, how do I do this? How do I actually start venturing into becoming vulnerable? Well, the first thing is, is I want you to unpack, like I talked about earlier, whether it's through journaling or a discussion or just thinking, I really think it's helpful to get it out on paper or speak it. It has to come out of your body. You need to get it out of there. Otherwise it becomes extremely convoluted. So you need to analyze your relationship with vulnerability first. Then you really want to make sure that you're being vulnerable with the right people. So I'm not talking about all of a sudden you tell your boss everything or you tell your even your spouse everything yeah. about how you're feeling or your parents. Or I love to say, speak your truth into ears that can hear you. Not everybody can hear you. Not everybody is willing to hear you or has the capacity to hear you. So especially if you are boundaried up and guarded and walls up and, and terrified of really being seen for who you are, get extremely selective about who you are going to start taking baby steps with. And if it's just one person, start there. I don't care what you do. But if you are craving intimacy, the, these are your tasks. Mm-hmm. These are the things you must work on because it's not going to happen if you just expect them to be vulnerable back. Yeah. So vulnerability breeds vulnerability. So when somebody comes to you and is extremely apologetic about something and they're being really vulnerable and in, in saying something, it's way more likely that you'll meet that vulnerability and say, I really appreciate you sharing that with me. Thank you so much. That means so much to me. But if they're stoic and they never apologize, it's more likely that you're going to be stoic and you're going to be guarded. I I had a situation like that. Yeah, yeah. Where uh, I was teaching a class. One of my students was working on a guy that is just brilliant, super smart guy, like rocket science. Type of dude, like right? literally rocket science. But literally. Yeah. And he was, you know, building these huge engine turbines and fuel efficiency, you know, just crazy stuff that he was doing. And I felt, you know, uh, and I didn't realize this at first, but I felt intimidated by that mm-hmm. brilliance that he had. Yeah. Because I consider myself a fairly smart person, but mm-hmm. when he came out, I was like, oh, I'm not nearly as smart as I think I am, right? So I started to talk to my student over their head. Yeah. I started, you know, really like trying to put it all out there. You're showing off. To impress this guy that I'm good at what I do. Right. And it no longer became about them learning. And it wasn't about them learning or the person that was on the table receiving the bodywork. Yeah. It was about my ego. Yep. So after a a few minutes of you know, going around the class and everything after the session had ended. And um, we kind of all gather around and talk about the body work and what we could have done better. Yeah. Debrief. I apologized to her. I said, you know, I felt intimidated by him and how smart he was. And I was trying to impress him. And I apologize because 
it went over your head and I saw it go over your head and I let that go. Mm -hmm. And I made you feel like you weren't good enough for that person at the moment. Right. So I wanted to apologize for that and tell you that I will never do that again. Yeah. And um, she really thanked me for that. She mm -hmm. said, I really appreciate that you were evolved enough to see that, yeah. first of all. Yeah. And second of all, you were um, courageous enough to say it to me. Right. Right. And she said, I'll, I don't get it. And I, I felt at that moment like I was... Uh, incompetent. Incompetent or... Un, uh, Just not... Grasping. Not good enough for... This work not reaching what I needed to be reaching at that moment. Right, right. So yeah, that's and what's interesting is had you not apologized and had you just said like, okay, let's talk about the session. The likelihood of her being vulnerable enough to say, I don't get this work after she already felt stupid mm -hmm. is extremely unlikely. Right. She probably would try to again waltz in with an ego, pretend she had her shit straight. Right. But your act of vulnerability allowed her to meet your vulnerability. Now, that doesn't always happen. Not always, no. Now, there are going to be people in your life. This is why the first item of business is to make sure it's the right person <laughs> or where the stakes aren't so damn high. You know what I mean? With a student like that, if she didn't meet your vulnerability, you wouldn't be devastated. You know, the... Well, the way it would the, be with maybe with a family member. The fear of not saying it was that if I well, the fear of saying it was that if I did tell her, she would think I'm paying for this class and this guy, you know, doesn't know what he's doing or it, you know, doesn't know how to teach me or you know, whatever my story was in my head. But I just didn't want her to think that I didn't have her in my in her in yeah. my best interest. That's right. That's right. So there's a couple of things that I think were was incredible about what you did. And when I talk about starting with baby steps, this is what I'm talking about, is expressing emotion. And one of the easiest ways to do that, and, and when I say expressing emotion, is talking about how you feel. And one of the easiest avenues is to own your shit, is to simply apologize Anything that eats at you, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have taught that class that way. Mm -hmm. Maybe I, you know, I'm a, and I've done this a ton of times where I wasn't happy with how I showed up. And so I went and cleaned it up and apologized by being vulnerable. And they were like, oh, I didn't even get that. But I was, which is fine. But it was an act of vulnerability for me to own my shit. And that's exactly what happened. That made you a better instructor, a better husband, a better uh, friend, everything. Because you are practicing relinquishing that ego and actually stepping into vulnerability. And you can very easily do that with apologies. So Baby step. Watch yourself. And and I'm not talking about apologizing for shit when you didn't do anything wrong or you're totally at peace with your own behavior. I'm talking about really owning your shit when you're embarrassed of how you behaved, when you are not happy with what you said or did, and you are terrified of actually being vulnerable and saying that to somebody else. Yeah. That's when you need to do it. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, very different scenario than somebody being mad at you because of your your political stance. You don't have anything to apologize for unless you conducted yourself in a way in which you're not proud. But that's one of the easiest ways. I mean, that is extremely vulnerable to, and especially in marital relationships. And one of the easiest things that you can start apologizing for is how you said something. Not necessarily what, because you, you know, a lot of times we feel very validated in what we're demanding from our spouse or whatever, but oftentimes it's how we said it and to say, Hey, that was really uncool of how I delivered that, you know? And you've done that before. Like one time you gave me shit about singing or something like that. Cause I don't exactly sing really well. And, (laughs) and you came to me later and you said, I really should not have said that to you. And I didn't think anything of it at all. From a vulnerable place, you said, and I will never forget that act of vulnerability. I the, hmm. I couldn't tell you what you said to me about my singing or what that scenario was, but I'll never forget you owning your shit and coming to me and saying, I should never put that sort of feeling on you. I should never inflict you with that. Right. And that is vulnerability. It's as simple as an apology. Right. That's it. The other thing, I don't know, you probably have this in there, so I'm probably overstepping you, but- I know for me, when when I'm coming to someone in a vulnerable place, I'm saying, okay, what am I afraid of? What's my fear? Yep. And if whatever my fear is, I'll bring that with me. I'll say, look, I'm really going to be vulnerable with you right now. I have something to tell you. My fear is that you're going to do blah, blah, blah. Yes. So please accept this vulnerable moment. Yes. That way it's it's you've already like yeah. prefaced. That, look, I'm about to open up here and I really want you to not do it. Come back at me this way. Well, and it's so funny. It's like I will have clients all the time or students who will say, I'm, I have this friend that I want to tell her this, but I'm so afraid that she's going to think I feel this way. And I'm like, <laughs> then say that. Say that. Then just use that as a precursor yeah. and say, I have something I want to run by you, just like you said. My biggest fear is you're going to think I'm not grateful for you. Or my biggest fear is that you're going to think I don't this or I am whatever. Say it. Same thing with your spouse. I am terrified that you're going to shut down and run away. My request of you is just to hear me out. Like you just have to say it. So the other thing, the other piece of this, which might be a little bit easier for you, is gratitude. So if somebody, anybody in your life feel or has done something that you're truly thankful for, express gratitude. Just saying thank you, like a genuine thank you. Like maybe somebody covered a shift for you or took care of something at work so that you could have the day off or spend time with your children or maybe your kids, you know, tried to make you dinner or something like that. Genuinely expressing what something meant to you is hugely vulnerable. For sure. You know, and that's that's so simple. Yeah. So you can very easily start with owning your shit or apologizing or gratitude. Hey, that really meant a lot to me, especially with your partners, because most of the time we're very easy to nitpick all the shit we don't like and that we're not happy about. But we overstep all of the things that they actually are doing, that we actually are grateful for. And that's a huge, huge element of vulnerability. It's a gateway. It's an entryway to start becoming more vulnerable. And so 
the next kind of piece of that is to start tallying and gathering evidence of all the times you're vulnerable and all hell doesn't break loose of the times that you're vulnerable and someone accepts your apology of the times you're vulnerable and they are lit up by your gratitude. Start changing your perception of what uh, vulnerability means. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Especially if you've identified that you equate it with weakness or pain, start telling the times when it's not painful. When it's beautifully uniting, when you experience more intimacy with that best friend of yours, tally that shit and start writing it down because that is what starts changing what we believe. And then the final little piece is uh, start telling the truth. So when somebody says to you, how are you doing? Instead of saying something like, oh, everything's amazing and you're having the hardest day. Just to, just to vulnerably say, you know what? I'm not at my best today. I'm going through some stuff, but I really appreciate you asking. That is vulnerable. It's true. That interaction with that person guaranteed is going to be so much more intimate than that, that barriered up. Sure, I'm good. How are you? What are we doing? Surface level, level relationships. So that's just an example. And it might not be everybody you want to be vulnerable with, but start telling the truth about how you feel. I I have been doing that with clients uh, because I, I've been to other therapists or other places where you can see that that's they're like I'm doing great yeah so what can we do for you today you know that it, yeah, it's yeah. so fake that it already sets me up like okay this is just a customer client relationship right, right? transactional transactional yeah right but I, I I've said to my clients, look, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing my best today, but together we're going to get through this. Right. I'm going to give you everything I got right. or, you know, something because my fear is that if I give that vulnerability, they're going to think that they're not getting their money's worth. Right. Right. Yeah. But, but the uh, reality is that it, it opens up a vulnerable space and allows them to open up more. That's exactly right. And then they get more than their money's worth because they've let that vulnerability out. And because you have a trust with your practitioner. Yeah. Like when you can trust that other person, that is intimate. But you have to be vulnerable in order to cultivate trust. And the same applies in your every other day, everyday relationships. That's exactly right. Anyway. So I hope that this has been helpful. And again, you know, if you're interested in digging into more of this stuff and you need somebody who'll be vulnerable with you, I mean, I have definitely cried with my clients before. Mm-hmm. I've gotten pissed <laughs> with my clients before. And um, it's because emotion will breed that other emotion. Yeah. If you guard up, you will naturally breed guarding up from other people. It's just energy. It's how energy works. So anyway, if you want to make some shifts, if you're even just curious about it, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash coaching. Again, only actually two spots that I can can take on at the moment. So I would be most honored to be a part of your journey. And I think that's everything. Anything else you wanted to add? I think our new safe word is going to be antelope. (laughs) Antelope (laughs) it is. On that note, we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Out.